What is good? It's me, your friendly neighborhood nerd, the Bobo, and I want to thank you guys for coming back out to Bobo's Block. If this is your first time here, I want to go ahead and say thank you for joining us on this block party that we have each and every week. If this is your 16th, 17th, 100th time here, what up, dog? It's been good to see you again, and I can't wait to get into the topic for today. Um, yeah, I am ready to go, man. I want to let you guys know this show is solely sponsored and powered by my Patreon campaign. Patreon is where you can do the most good and the most help for Bobo's block. Um, you can find us at, well, find me at patreon.com forward slash B-O-B-B-O. That's patreon.com forward slash Bobo. Um, as well with the Patreons, they got a big surprise in their news feed down there this this well last week they got the first episode of the exclusive show twiddling my thumbs on um my patreon campaign and that patreon rss feed it is a show just for them um if you guys want to be in on it you got to subscribe to the patreon campaign you have to be a member over five bucks okay five bucks and up will get you the exclusive patreon show twiddling my thumbs um I'm super excited about it. It's just like more intimate, in-depth conversation between me and my patrons because they're the ones who really are like kind of in the trenches with me. And I really appreciate every dollar, every like word of encouragement that they give me. And I really let them know that in the first episode. So also, also as well, I want to give a big belated birthday shout out. Well, I was with her this weekend, but just for you guys, it's a belated birthday shout out to my homie, over there at Strong Friend Check-In, uh, Adriana, authentically ASB. Um, I call her Dre, but um, me and Dre chilled out this weekend. Played, I taught her how to play spades because apparently she doesn't know how to play spades still um, at her big age. <laughs> but, um, yeah, me and her chilled out, and we also got to see friends. She got to chill with her fam and all that good stuff, so I'm glad she had an amazing birthday weekend. That's all we can really ask for. Um, I really don't have any upcoming events or anything right now. And I said, I don't have anything like to update you on what I've done. Um, I think I don't think like, did I go much of anywhere last week? I don't, I don't think I did. I don't think I went anywhere last week, but I do want to give a shout out to Al Pete and Naskel. I think I hope I'm saying that right for their album release party for G point G point four O or I think it's like G four point O. It's, it's the newest album. If you don't have it, like I said, please get up on it. Get it. Duval supports their own. Duval backs their own. And I want to really give them a big um, Bobbles Block hug. Like, duh, like I've been down with Al Pete for as long as I've known him. And he's been one of my best, my biggest mentors, one of my biggest supporters as well. So I really want to thank him for um, everything that he does for me and his MPN network that is up and coming. Going to the top, to the top. Shout out to... Um, Shit Talk No Fragrance, shout out to Crown Talk, shout out to Blunt Conversations, shout out to Clear Visions, all of that, man. Good to see new networks coming up in the coming up in the podcast industry and good to see new shows getting a platform to where they can reach more more voices, more audiences. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And I, you guys, don't worry. A lot of the shows that I do produce as well will be coming back very soon. Um, we just did a lot of like transitions at transitional points at this point, point in time. Yeah, transitional shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's go ahead and kick it over to, um, my first little bit of updates. So I do have an update for my wrestling. I have a major match coming up this weekend down at, I believe in wrestling. I'm going to be in tag team form in the form of kiss it. Um, 
myself and the Dashing One will be taking on three other teams for the Florida um, Tag Team Championships, and we shall come out victorious. I I want to come back to you guys next week with a belt on my shoulder. Like, I really do. That's what I want. Um, so we're going to have fun with that. And um, I do also have my home promotion, Champ 7 Pro Wrestling, has a show up and coming as well. So you guys be on the lookout for that flyer. It's coming around later this month. So you guys will come down to the Thunderbolt Larry Hamilton, um, the Thunderbolt Productions Studios down there in Densmore and Moncrief um, over in Picketville. So, yeah, I am going to be wrestling there as the game changer. So, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, as well. It is Black History Month, guys. So, Black History Month um, is in full effect. It is the 3rd of February today um, when I'm recording this. Um, 4th when you guys hear it or so. But that um, brings about a few things that I'm super excited about. Firstly, it brings about the 29 Days of Black Cosplay. That has been a movement and a, and a, and a, and a big, big thing that I've been support of since its inception um 29 days of black cosplay started as like a full community kind of like support system because there was a there's still a point in time where black cosplayers don't get the recognition that they deserve and there's there's still the sexism and the racism that that goes along with being a cosplayer of color and you have to deal with like people calling you um horrible shit like they they will tell you that you're not the right skin tone for this character or you shouldn't do that or you make the character look dirty it's a lot of fucked up fucked up things that people say to black cosplayers and like we have to rise above that but the main reason we started 29 days of black cosplay um was because they weren't getting features they weren't getting the like the the cosplay magazine features and the front pages and things like that when they were doing amazing fabrication work and amazing cos like cosplays to overall and just because they were black or brown they were afraid to put them on there because they didn't think their audience was diverse enough to buy the magazines with a black person on top of them or or subscribe to their um services if they get black models or black um cosplayers in their in their roster or so and it was hurtful so we said that if they're not going to feature us we're going to feature us i remember when the initial when the initial like movement started bobo's block was a place or platform for black cosplayers to get featured i've done features such as like um who um i did shellanin her name currently she was shellanin she was a taco scum back in the day um i also done um ronnie rocket i've done like said many cosplayers chocolate energy like so many people who have given us um their time and their and their um fans to listen and give like i said to be able to do as much as we can to actually spread um, word of, <laughs> spread the word about them and i'm so grateful that we've had those moments and those um those abilities to kind of put those together and along with 29 Days of Black Cosplay, um, I have been following a a Twitter page called Black Girls Create. They are a local, well, not a local, <laughs> I hate to say local, I don't know why I say local. They're a blurred community page to where um, they are doing the 29 Days of Black Wizard history. They are huge Harry Potter fans, um, and we have a huge black Harry Potter community that we that we really don't take advantage of to like kind of like support each other. And I know that like 
<laughs> I know that there's only like I want to say like five or six Black Wizards featured in Harry Potter, but yeah, there there are a lot more, and we have we have to kind of put our, our our voices out there. We there's fanfics and there's like other media and things that are available for us to kind of enjoy being black and being magical as well as any other Harry Potter fan. Okay, so I um. I have been following their, their kind of their hashtags and their their daily challenges. Um, I think today on day three of, if I want to check for it, let me go ahead and see if I can help you guys. So I don't think it'll take too much. Yeah, my my computer's already taking too long. Not even gonna do that. So yeah, go to Black Girl Black Girls Create. Oh, my computer is loud. <laughs> Go to Black Girls Create um, on Twitter, and you guys can follow them, and also follow the the challenges that we have um, for for this month with the twenty nine days, because it is a leap year, leap year. Yes. Um, so I'm excited about that and I want to go ahead and also tease you guys about a new project that I'm doing that is going to be in conjunction with not only the, this black history month, but, um, it will also be in conjunction with, um, a lot of color, a lot of creators of color coming down the line. Okay. Um, I'm going to start interviewing independent comic book writers and independent comic book creators. I'm going to start interviewing big, bigger names as well. I love doing interviews and you guys, haven't haven't seen me do an interview in a minute, so I'm gonna try and get back into doing some of those things for you. I wanted to do a dedicated sh- or a dedicated show for for people who don't get the don't get to be seen by my viewers on the block. So yeah, um, I'll be bringing you guys some dope um, some dope creators and some some amazing new voices and also some amazing voices in their industry as of right now so be on the lookout for that i will be probably teasing that where first of course on my patreon um you guys will be able to get the first exclusive drops for all of those episodes and all of those interviews that i'll have i can tell you guys that you do not want to miss it and i have a really huge name that i'm just dripping at the bit to to kind of tease but i'm not going to do it i'm not going to do it but yeah, um, I, I can't wait till you guys see what I have in store for you. <sighs> all right, so that's it. That's about it. So for the updates and all the good stuff, whatever the beginning intro. Let's go ahead and go around, around the, the, net. the net. So this <laughs> this week on the block it for around the net, we're going to start off with the Arrow series finale. That is correct. You heard me. The series finale. It is an end of an era. Like, oh my God, I have been a Arrow fan for since since Smallville. <laughs> um, that's where they got the original idea to kind of do an Arrow centric show. Um, but when the actor who plays Arrow did not sign back up for it, I was a little bit bummed. I was I was kind of upset. But they decided to take it a different route. Um, I think that it was probably for the best because this, because the Arrowverse that spawned from it was, oh, I don't think we would have been able to get the same thing out of a Smallville style of a show. Um, this Arrow, like Arrow set the tone for something a lot more, more grittier, a little bit more adult, a little bit more darker. Um, 
And you didn't get that out of Smallville. Like, you got those moments sometimes, but uh, you didn't get that for the Oliver Queen out of Smallville. Um, and, the, and the costume design from Smallville is so totally different. And the, the power dynamics were set up really weird. And, yeah, this gave it a little more grounded approach and a more realistic feel. And at first I fought against that. And I hated, hated that Arrow was grounded and, and tried, like, all realistic. But, honestly, I n- never would have thought in a million years that it come to where it is now that Arrow would technically be a part of the big three. It's Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl. They are the Trinity, not Batman, not Superman, not not Wonder Woman. Arrow, Flash, and fucking Supergirl are the Trinity. So yeah, we, we have it to where we're finishing off the storyline from where we left of Crisis and Infinite Earths, everyone paying their respects to Oliver. But we also find out that Oliver changed a few things within the, um, within the creation of Earth Prime. So we found out he brought back a lot of people who he tried to save beforehand. Um, originally in season one, he did not save his best friend Tommy from getting crushed by a fucking building in an earthquake. Um, so Tommy's alive. <laughs> um, he was not able to save his mother, Moira, um, from getting killed by Deathstroke. So Moira is alive. Um, Arrow's sister, his illegitimate sister, found out about, they want to say season seven? Yeah, season seven. She's alive. Like, um, only one he didn't bring back was the original Earth One Laurel. Um, I think we kind of left her dead because we have Black Siren. Black Siren is the current Black, and well, no, yeah, she was the current Laurel at the moment, um, and she is also serving as a Black Canary. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of things he changed and and, re- and like kind of put put back to where it needed to be or so. Not even need to be like where he wanted it to be without any consequence. And it's kind of weird that a lot of people who were dead knew that they were dead, and they know that like, oh wow, well yeah, oh Detective Lance his back, their father he also died um, recently. He he's also back as well, and he's mayor. Crazy, right? <laughs> so yeah, so he um he set up a lot of things for the future. We already know that we're getting a spin-off of a lot of these characters, um especially the Canaries. Canaries are going to be in a show um called Green Arrow and the Canaries. Who's going to be set Green Arrow, you may be asking? It's no other no one other than Mia Smoke, his daughter with Felicity. Um, Mia takes up the cowl and bow, or the cowl and quiver, I should say, um, in the year 2040. And the canary of the canaries of my time are currently are thrusted into the future, and they help Mia kind of solve crimes and shit and do other things of that nature. So it's kind of dope. It's kind of cool. I can't wait to see that spinoff. We also get an update of where everybody else is going, um, direction wise. I'm going to save the best for last. So um, <laughs> we we find out that Wild Dog is going to be running for mayor. And he's damn sure going to actually get it, it looks like. He's going to become mayor of Star City. And we know that Mr. Terrific is running his own company. We know that um, all of the <laughs> all of the sidekicks are kind of going to have a direction as well. So Speedy, um, Thea, and also Arsenal, Red Arrow... Um, Roy are going to finally fucking get married and I think it's going to be the Arsenal Artemis storyline and we're probably going to find out later down the line that this fucking Ars- that this um 
Yeah, they we're going to finally find out later down the line. Either this Roy is a clone, or are they going to find a clone of Roy? Either or. We, because he has the Arsenal robotic arm, so he's like full-on Arsenal. But we don't we don't know what happened to it. Like We don't know when he finally made the full switch to get the full arm, or what happened to said arm, or what happened with Argus. So yeah, we may find a clone down the line, but we'll figure it out. Um, hopefully they spin off to a show or if they go into Titans or something like that, I would love to see them in Titans, even though that's like a different universe, I want to say, but I don't know if Titans is in Earth's prime. They haven't stated yet. Um, and finally, like I said, I'll save the best for last Diggle Diggle is moving to Metropolis, but Oh, it's so much more than that. Diggle was packing the van to move to Metropolis and, there was a ball of light that flew out of the sky, like a little spaceship crashing, fiery ball, knocked him into his van, and he kind of got back up, like shook it off, because fucking Spartan, fucking Diggle, like he, he, he can get blown away about 50 feet in the air, but he gets back up like nothing happened, right? So Diggle gets up, and he goes and investigates, but he sees a box. He sees a box laying in the middle of the, of the field, and it kind of calls to him. And he picks up said box, and he opens it, and he is bathed within a glow of green light. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, this has been something that we've really been waiting on for fucking ever. Um, Diggle has always been speculated to be John Diggle Stewart. We've even made teases of that in the last crossover of Elseworlds, where the, one of the older Flashes comes back and he goes, hey, what are you doing here, John? And where the hell is your suit? He's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? You're the Green Lantern. And we were like, fucking confirmation. But we were like, okay, that's just in another world. But this gives us confirmation that every John Diggle may also be John Diggle Stewart. So John... um, is up in the air. I don't know what happens with that ring. We don't know if he if it is a Green Lantern ring at all. It may just be a piece of kryptonite that somebody sent to him because he's been rumored to be in the new Superman and Lois show that's going to be debuting um, on the CW next year because I think that'll take the place of Arrow in its time slot. Um, because this summer or this spring, we're going to be getting Stargirl in that same time slot. But Stargirl is a spring show. And that's going to go away after a bit. Um, so, yeah, Superman and Lois are getting their own show because finally a Superman show. Um, Flash is probably going to be doing the same thing on Monday nights with Black Lightning. Black Lightning is in the is in Earth Prime now, so that's dope. Um, but we're setting up seeds for everything on how it's all going to go. And all of these heroes and all of these characters, are they all still exist in the same world. So there may be a time when you see Mr. Terrific show up on Superman, or you may see um, Wild Dog come, <laughs> Wild Dog sh shed his mayor mayor attire and put on the hockey mask one more time. Um, oh, we got so many fucking callbacks. Like, we finally got the return of fucking Ragman. Um, if you guys don't know who Ragman is, it was uh, season six, I want to say. There was a he Arrow finally put together a team. He finally put together a team after everybody fucking left. Um, after Thea left, Roy was gone, Sarah was gone, Laurel was gone, like, everybody was gone, and everyone was like, oh, they're gonna come back, and Dick was like, I don't think they are, my dog, like, it's only two of us, and we can't do this shit alone, 
Uh, no, Diggle even went, yeah, it was only just Arrow, because Diggle went off to, like, be um, in the army again. Like, he re-enlisted. It was weird. So, um, Arrow finally put together a team, and it was a dope team. It was um, Deathstroke's daughter. Um, it was a few other people, like um, Wild Dog was in it, and a couple, like, other, like, Artemis was in it. It was... It was a dope lineup, but there was this one character named Ragman. I, I want to say he was original character because, like, he I've never seen Ragman in any comic book, and he had these magical rags that were protecting protecting of him. But like something happened um, to where they had to stop an explosion, and with the explosion they covered it in the rags, and with the and the rags just stopped working, and we never knew what happened to him. Like, he just kind of vanished and went away. He was like, I'm just going to figure out what's going to go on with these rags. But um, he said that all he had to really do was just wait for the rags to heal. And they kind of started working again. And once they started working again, or they started kind of, like, moving on their own and protecting him again, he went back to being a vigilante. Weak sauce, but I'm still happy he's back. Because that's a character that we can use. A supernatural character that we can use. Because I still want a Justice League Dark. We finally have a Justice League. Now let's make a Justice League dark. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we are moving forward with the entire Arrowverse like lore, and we're gonna see how it pulls out from there. And I and I hope we keep calling it the Arrowverse out of out of like um out of like respect and nostalgia because anything else doesn't fit. I really don't feel like it fits. But yeah. I'm really happy to see the end of Arrow go out the way that it did. It was an amazing show to me. Um, there were some places where I kind of fell off, but honestly, I enjoyed the fucking I enjoyed the fucking show as much as I, I enjoyed anything else. So um, yeah, from that we're gonna move on to the Hamilton um, announcement that we just got. Lin Manuel Miranda actually announced that Hamilton is in works with Disney and Disney Plus as a film. To be shot, um, yeah, it's going to be for Disney Plus, I want to say. But Hamilton is coming to, to basically movie for, format. And it will be done with the original cast. Oh, so happy about this. Like, um, it's literally what I've been waiting on. Like, it's <laughs> I just was like, I know they're all going to do one more fucking play together. And it's going to be the Hamilton movie. And I'm super excited about it. And I can't wait for it to be released. Um, Hamilton is one of my favorite Broadway plays along with like Sweet Todd, The Wiz, uh, I loved um, Chicago, um, Moulin Rouge, um, Le Mes. Like so I'm a theater head. I'm a I'm a I'm a theater kid. So yeah. So I'm I'm super happy that Hamilton is getting its getting its um, theatrical release. All right. So I did tell you guys that this is the third of February. So that means this is the day after the Super Bowl. We had the um, Super Bowl Fifty Four just happened, and it was the it was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco Forty ers and it may have taken them fifty whole last years, but the Kansas City Chiefs pulled it off. Um, their last Super Bowl appearance was Super Bowl number four, literally Super Bowl number four, and then they finally made it back in Super Bowl Fifty Four. And it's probably going to take them another 50 years to get back. I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> they're a really great team. They're very determined and they're very hungry. Um, very, very good game. Very close game um, until the end. But, like, I was really excited. Not even that big of a sports head anymore. 
Um, but I was really pulled into this game. I'm super happy about it. Um, we have very young, talented people out there doing their, doing their thug dizzle, and I, I have to do nothing but applaud it, man. So shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs. Congrats on your win. Congrats on your um, on your trophy. Uh, and I can't wait to see the parade that comes comes on this week. Uh, right, and um, of course, with the Super Bowl comes what we're really watching the game for, the Super Bowl ads. Super Bowl um, ads are always the pinnacle of, like, entertainment or whatever. There were some really good ones this year, and I was really happy about what um, <laughs> what we got to see. So when I, <laughs> when I go through them, my favorite ones were the Echo Dot one. Um, it was just like saying it was Ellen and her wife, and they were talking about, like, what did people do before for the A word? I have mine right over here, so I don't want to say it. Um, before the echo or whatever, and, and they were going through history. One time, he told Alexi to turn the temperature down two degrees. This lady just picked up a log out of the fire and chucked it out the window. Um, my favorite part was Richard Nixon. He, he yelled across the room to his secretary Alicia, and he told Alicia to, to um <laughs> to delete. He remind him to delete these tapes, and Alicia goes, "Yes, sir." And they do like a pan back to her and goes, "I ain't deleting." <laughs> so yeah, it, it's little stupid stuff like that. They um had a Snickers commercial where they dug a hole to descend to the earth because the earth is dying and the earth is all trash right now. They decided let's give it a Snickers and it'll be all right. And then these two these two influencers like yeah we're at the hole we're at the yeah and then they just fell in and someone was like the hole is working. <laughs> it was really good. Um, not little Nas X had a. Doritos Cool Ranch commercial where him and Bill Patton had a dance off for some chips. That was funny. The highlight for me was Disney Plus ran a Super Bowl ad. Oh my God. Yeah, so we we are going to be graced with the first like post um, Infinity War Marvel shit and I'm super excited for it. So Falcon and Winter Soldier went hard in this trailer but um you have to give up the mvp on the disney ad plus trailer well the disney plus ad um to wandavision because that has gotten my interest super super peaked um so i'm gonna run through it it starts off with um with sam wilson grabbing the captain america shield out of a tree that it's stuck into and you'll see why it's stuck there in a minute and they kind of start rolling into it. And, like, you get to see the action sequences. You see Sebastian staying in his new outfit. And, like, is Baron Zemo there. And, like, you also have Falcon with his new outfit. You get a glimpse of that. You get a glimpse of U.S. agent running onto a field doing the propaganda shit. Um, it's it's lit. Like, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see how the story plays out for it. And then you get your first glimpses of WandaVision. WandaVision is something that I think is going to be very pivotal because it's going to go through multiverse multiverse theory um, because she's going through she's going through something and it's taking her through her favorite sitcoms it's like I Love Lucy, Bewitched it's like Roseanne's in there, um, Three's Company was in there I saw it was a good run of shows and like you have to see what happens because um, 
it's a new vision as well too it's a it's a it's not the black and white vision but he's going to be gray like he's going to be like a grayed out vision and i'm i don't i want to know what happens next man um it, it looked like she was pregnant in one of the shots and if you know anything about wanda and her pregnancy and vision and um and vision you know they have twins who are actually the 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 spawns of the yeah, the spawns of Mephisto, and it's going to be something that's going to, to really change the full-on, like, landscape of Marvel, because, again, once we go to multiverses, anything is possible. Um, and like I said, it also ties into the next Doctor Strange movie, so that's how they're going to probably figure out, like, there's more than one Earth and shit like that. So I'm I'm excited to see, and um, they also gave us a trailer, not even a trailer. They just gave us a tease of Loki. It was literally Loki in a in a prison somewhere in a fucking jumpsuit, and he just said one line, and everybody was like, "Fuck yes, this movie's fuck yes, this song is going to be amazing." Like, I can't wait for Loki to kind of hit to hit Disney Plus. Um, but the first one we're getting is going to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If not, I think it'll be WandaVision. And they, they they tease us with a classic red suited Wanda with the with the headdress and everything. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting and I can't wait to see what we do with it. Elizabeth Olsen is a great Wanda Maximoff and I wanna see how she kinda plays this one out. Yeah, so um speaking of the 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 Marvel cast, we also have to add someone into the fuck Disney get bitches club. <laughs> that's what I'm calling it now. Fuck Disney, get bitches. Um, so the original founding members are Oscar Isaacs and John Boyega, and now they have a new a new neophyte in the form of Sebastian Stan. Um, Sebastian went on to Twitter not too long ago, and he he made a, a rather a rather interesting tweet. Um, let me see. So yeah, Marvel UK and Ireland. Puts up a picture of Bucky and yeah, puts up a picture of Bucky and um Steve from Captain America one, and then it goes together until the end of the line, and then Sebastian responds with his account together to the end of the line or until bad inconsistent out of character writing turns Steve Rogers into a to his own antithesis. Should it, it shouldn't shouldn't it be together until the end of the lie? <laughs> So yeah, he's gone, and everyone was like, everyone lost their shit because Sebastian has been pretty quiet, like the rest of the Marvel people. But like honestly, I think a lot of the actors are kind of fed up with a lot of the writing that's going on. Um, I'm not saying it's shit, or shit writing, but it's just like you said, inconsistent. Um, it still makes for good content or whatever, but like again, it doesn't stay true to the narrative that you're trying to weave. If if one director comes in and does this and the other one's like, I don't like any of that shit. And, like, completely goes left with it. It's just, yeah, like, they set up the Winter Soldier. They set up Civil War. They set up Captain America so well. That was literally the best trilogy that we had out of it. And the payoff was supposed to be at Endgame. And the Russos were just like, fuck all of that shit. <laughs> Russos was like, I know we developed the whole storyline and shit or whatever. But we are not making it to the end of the line. <laughs> My end of the line is totally different from yours, Bucky. So yeah, so we have to really sit with that shit. And it's uh, 
some people it's difficult because you want to see the natural progression of um of Bucky becoming Captain America and then Bucky passing that on back to Steve Rogers and then Steve passing that on to to, to Sam. And then Sam eventually passing it back because comics, um it's hard, man. Like if you get US agent um who's a character who basically comes for the shield and shit like that and you get you get so many different twists and turns that we have to rush now. We have to kind of put it into like context instead of just letting the story play out like it does. I'm still excited for it and I still can't wait to see what Winter Soldier or Falcon and the Winter Soldier have in store for us on Disney Plus. And I wanna say that comes out August twenty twenty. So yeah. We got a little bit of time. It's gonna be more trailers, more hype, more in incandescent bulbs and shit of that nature. Because <laughs> you know you have that like the little flickering incandescent bulbs in the hallway fights and shit. Yeah. Um and lastly, on the block it, I want to talk to you guys about a Oscar-dominated animated short. With it being Black History Month, there is a animated short that's literally one of the only black things in the Oscars this <laughs> this year. It is the, well, I think it was like the DreamWorks Illumination animated short by Matthew Cherry, um, Hair Love. Hair Love is a very touching story, and I really... In, uh, I really implore you guys to go check it out, watch the short, and and cry all you need to. Um, but what they're also doing with Hair Love is something really, really dope. There's a young man in Texas who was threatened, basically threatened, to cut his hair or he will not walk across the graduation stage. Um, but Hair Love stepped up. They also gave like donations and everything in his name. People have, but Hair Love stepped up and they invited him to walk the red carpet with his with his hair untouched um yeah and and walk the red carpet with them it's a very touching and loving gesture matthew matthew is a very dope guy and i follow him on twitter there's no real like pandering bone in his body he's not trying to do this to get clout or whatever and people are trying to say but he's really doing this because he cares about these kids and he cares about how they how they view themselves and that's an important thing to do representation is always something that will will be needed for every single person if you can't see yourself in the media that you are ingesting there's something wrong with that if you are frowned upon or looked at as like oh taboo within the th- in th- within the things that you love that needs to change and we want to make sure that stuff like that is um is eradicated but we also want to make sure that it's highlighted to where they know not to repeat this shit ever again um it's difficult to know that you you may have to bring children into this world but with people such as like Matthew Cherry, who who gives him so much hope and so much encouragement and so much love, especially with his with his depiction in this story of a father and daughter relationship, in even with the loss of their like like I don't even think she's gone. I think they just are separate. Even yeah, I think they're separated. Like even without the mother, he can still figure out like what makes this child happy, and that's just a lovely thing, dog. It's a really lovely thing. All right, so yeah, we're gonna go ahead and take a break here, and I'm gonna go ahead and like play a little music for you guys. Probably pay a couple bills, and then we will come back on the block. All right, so kick it back here with me, and I shall kick it back with you. All right.
All right, and thank you guys for coming back here at Bobo's Block. I want to thank you guys again for joining me. Um, now we're to the part of the nerdgasm, and I wanted to talk today about Milestone Comics. Um, this is something that's really near and dear to my heart because, honestly, this is um, a huge, pivotal comic book um, comic book company in my life. Uh, if you guys don't know what Milestone Comics are or is... Yeah, it's currently it is. Um, <laughs> I'll go ahead and give you the rundown. So back in 1993, there were a group of friends who had this radical idea of saying, hey, why don't we make black comic book characters and only black comic book characters? <laughs> so Milestone Media is a company that's best known for making the Milestone comic book series, which were published and distributed by DC Comics. Um, they have pivotal names such as Static Shock. They have Icon and Rocket. Um, yeah, I'll go through a lot of the other other one, other ones as well. But they were all primarily African American artists making African American comic book characters, and that's something that has really been like revolutionary. Like um, the founding members of this comic book comic book company were. Dwayne McDuffie, we'll get into him in a second. Um, Dennis Cohen, Michael Davis, and Derek Dingle. Wow. My, my computer is loud because notifications. Yeah. So we um, have these we have these four men who created a a world of its own. Like I said, we have characters like Icon and Rocket, and, and gave us the iconic character of Static Shock. Anybody who kind of grew up with Kids WB knows Static Shock and knows the height of his, his popularity with my generation. Um, you also have things, or comic books such as like The Shadow Cabinet or The Blood Syndicate. Um, you, you, you get into a lot of, of um, how can I say, like underground characters such as like buck wild and and all this other stuff like that like you have these parodies upon on mainstream characters that became that grew into something totally their own um most notably they were in conjunction with dc so you would get crossovers such as like hardware and steel where john henry iron steel will come from metropolis into what would be dubbed the Dakota verse, and he would work with or fight alongside Hardware, a technopath, technopathic um, superhero. Real dope shit as well. Um, of course, you had Static, who who's rose to such heights that he's a part of the Justice League now, uh, and he's gonna and like if if they keep his continuity the same, gonna be one of the most powerful characters in the DC universe. Um, it's really dope to see the legacy or the impact of Milestone Comics because this was my first, my first like full on experience of just like a all black universe. Like, <laughs> like this was basically just the world around me and I, I didn't have to fight to see myself within these comics because I was already one of the people in there and it's just really dope to kind of like know that something like this existed to begin with. And, and I feel like kids nowadays are, they aren't deprived of it, but they aren't told of the history or where we get this, get this such, um, 
such pride that we take into characters like Miles Morales or America, America Chavez, or, or we take this pride into John Stewart or, or like how, why Static Shock is so popular. Like is if they don't know about Milestone Comics and it takes us, the ones who were here during it all, the ones who were here when Milestone was at its peak, to tell them about it, to tell them about the Blood Syndicate, to tell them about Shadow Cabinet um, comics, to tell them about hardware comics, to tell them about the icon of Rocket Origin, dog. And it's just like they see these characters, but they don't know the full-on impact that they hold within their hands when they pick up those comic books with these characters on the front of them. And it's so dope. Like you see their the ripple effects of of such things like Icon and and and, and um, such characters like Static ripple into the Marvel universe, such as like Blue Marvel, or, or you would see um, a predominantly black person take upon the mantle of like a a a pivotal character, such as either Spider Man or Green Lantern or or Nova. Like there was a full on african-american nova family at one point we couldn't we wouldn't have that if it wasn't for storytellers like Dwayne mcduffie and storytellers like the people at milestone comics i appreciate and i applaud them for all of the for all of they've done to shape the world of diversity within the comic book industry and i really do want to see more they are in the the midst of a rebirth there over there at Milestone Comics, and they're calling it Milestone 2.0. Um, the book, they, they haven't released um, any new books as of yet, I don't believe, but there's more just political ego things or whatever that's going on. But yeah, we, we will be seeing a resurgence soon of my, of the Milestone um, Dakotaverse. Um, so that brings me to the, the man who started it all, Dwayne McDuffie. Um, he is coveted as, I would say, Milestone Stan Lee. Uh, he was the first one in the door, the last one to leave, usually. And um, he, he would always, always, like, kind of have that air about him of the, that, that, that father figure, that big brother. Someone you can actually look up to and not be ashamed. Like, okay, cool. Like, I, I'm, this is just more than just a guy who really loves oyster omelets or something like that something weird or whatever um <laughs> like he was he was a multifaceted person he, he he had a lot of things going on as well um we unfortunately lost Dwayne in 2011 uh, and like I said there's been a lot of political red tape that's been around his legacy and around what's happening with Milestone and where it goes next um between him and his, him and the well, them in the estate of of Dwayne McDuffie. Dwayne was the head creator or head writer for most of these characters, and we just have to see what they want to do or where they go next with the direction of them. And with the direction, I mean, like, where their legacy stands at now, it will always stand the test of time with comics, because I can pick up... I can pick up an old Icon comic now and still enjoy the hell out of it. I can see um the remnants of milestone in the new young justice show where you would see characters like static and you also see hardware um icon is a pivotal part of the justice league in the in the current continuity as well too like it's it's more than just um the the properties that they left behind but also the impact of their their thoughts their ideas there are plenty of documentaries that have been spawned 
on miles on um on milestone comics and Dwayne McDuffie there's always more information for you to check out for milestone media and of course you can always go to their their website um milestone.media and and see what they're looking to forward to in the future so yeah so um just more information about milestone comics like i said they were <laughs> they were out of new york as well like i said they they were but they put all of their their comic books in, like I said, that Dakotaverse, which was more like a Midwestern city, made it feel like a Detroit-esque back, background. And that, that played major parts from Dwayne being born in Detroit as well. Um, within the Dakotaverse, there were so many, like, different characters that you kind of really, like, you never really knew what you were... Um, in for next because like everyone's powers were so unique but also just felt so natural dog um just going through statics rogues gallery alone it was just a plethora of of characters and and ideas to work with um and with icon like it just gives you such a such a different outlook on how comic book heroes could be depicted or, or stated as well because he kind of had almost like a superman origin on of icon himself but um icon kind of was a lot more self-sustaining and he could kind of was a lot more <laughs> a lot more level-headed when it came to dealing with deal with dealing with issues of race um sexism and things like that or whatever and you have to kind of take a look at the time that a lot of these comics were written within the 90s there was still a lot of things that we we're messing up on as a culture and like you kind of and you you can't can't fault what the media um what the media shaped but as said we can improve on where it is now and um yeah so going over to other um issues or comics that they had besides the ones that i let you guys know of of like hardware um hardware had 50 issues and there's a trade paperback um, one there that got released not too long ago, about 2010, um, collecting issues um, number one through eight. Blood Syndicate had 35 issues. Icon had um, 42 issues, and then also collected in a trade paperback. Um, they ran a second edition in 2009, yeah, 2009, and they also gave him um, another another little run. Looks like 2010. Um, Static had 45 issues of their original comic, and they also redid a new one um, later on called The Rebirth of Cool, and it ran for four issues. Um, Shadow Cabinet had 17 issues. Um, Zombie is a <laughs> is another series. This comic was a fictional character um, who was published by DC under the Dakotaverse, and he was he was like almost like a supernatural type thing as well. Um, but it's spelled like, instead of regular zombie, it's X-O-M-B-I. It had 21 issues. Um, Cobalt was the next one as well. It was kind of like a vigilante type Rambo-ish type character. Um, Cobalt ran for 16 issues. And Heroes. Heroes was a compilation book of different stories and like I said, different heroes that came together to band into like a, a team. 
Um, and that ran for six issues. They did have some mini series over there. One was Death Wish. Um, that ran for four issues. That was a hardware spinoff. My Name is Holocaust was a Blood Syndicate spinoff. Um, and I told you about the Rebirth of Cool and Why Son the White Wolf. That was another Blood Syndicate spinoff as well. Okay, that was um <clears throat> done by Che Anderson, and it was published back in 1996. Um, they did do, as I told you, a lot of crossovers, um, such as like the the Hardware and Steel, but they did crossovers within themselves too. Um, there was a Zombie X Shadow Cabinet, um, <laughs> Shadow Cabinet book called Shadow War. And then there was another crossover between everybody that tied everyone in called A Long Hot Summer. Not hot, not to be confused with Hot Girl Summer. This is just a long ass hot summer. <laughs> um, and finally, there was a one issue crossover with Blood Syndicate, Hardware Icon, and DC Still, Superman, and Superboy. Um, that one was called Worlds Collide. And that was like a big, big deal. Because you get to kind of finally see them in their counterparts, honestly. <clears throat> Um, Blood Syndicate was a little bit reminiscent to Argus as well sometimes, but um, Hardware was always compared to Steel. Icon was compared to Superman, but Superboy was in the mix or so as well to kind of even out the odds. And that, that was, and this was like old school 90 Superboy with the S curl and, and the round shades. Yeah, it's not like Connor that we know. <laughs> but yeah, we, we really, really were blessed with a lot of the influence that we have now. You can see the influence of Milestone Comics and the people like um, Marcus the Visual and, and, and Aunt Piper. And, and you can see how they have have left a ongoing legacy within new comic book creators and new artists and new writers to come forth and bring these stories of diversity up into a grand stage of, of comic book writing and television writing and animation writing. And we, we have them to really thank for that. I'm forever grateful for Dwayne and I, and, um, milestone comics for lighting the spark that, that gives me the, the voice to be a podcaster and represent my, community. it wasn't, for, yes, these stories are relevant. These stories are needed. So I don't know where my voice, but I'm so have that, um, have that ability to build platforms for our people and with it being black history month that you do need to and constantly remind others of um that that we do have a way to contribute into our culture and in, in that old 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 gripe and complaint why don't you guys just make your own characters we do we make our own characters we make our own worlds we don't try to as we've already busted said myth, blackwash, anything. Like I said, we try to make sure that we have equal and positive representation within the media that we love to consume. And if I'm going to be buying comic books and I'm going to be reading comic books and I'm going to be sharing comic books, I want to be able that able to know that my interests are taking consider taken into consideration and my my voice is taken into consideration and that's all that we ask for is equal equal representation within the landscape and we don't try to take anything over we don't want to just take retroactive retcon all of the all of the characters we just want to be seen and we deserve to be seen 
So, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and drop it off there. As you guys know, you can find me at my socials at BoboFNN. That's B-O-B-B-O-F-N-N. If you guys really want to go ahead and um, hit up my Patreon.com forward slash Bobo and show me some love by giving me some support. It starts at a little as a dollar a day. Uh, I'm sorry, a dollar a month. Who dollar a day would be crazy. It's a dollar, a little as a dollar a month. Like, literally, one dollar every 30 days. That's all you you need to get into this exclusive Patreon-ish. And as I say, you'll be able to keep up with the block and all of the new things that I have coming out soon, okay? Um, I know for sure that I will be putting out a teaser, at least, for that new episode um, this week. So if you guys want to get in on that new show, head over to my Patreon and you'll be able to get the first listens to, firstly, that teaser, and secondly to that um episode as in, in its whole and entirety, all right? Um, you can follow this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Go ahead and give us a five-star review if you guys love what you're hearing. I do really enjoy everybody who gives me feedback and shows me love on the actual um, comment section down on the podcast. Uh, um... Yeah, I don't think that's, that's about it. I don't have anything else to really plug. And like I said, just keep keep your ears out for anything that I have upcoming, all right? So it's been me once again, your friendly neighborhood nerd, the Bobo. This has been a Wonderground Media production, and I will see you guys next week here on the block. Peace.